Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Second Corinthians chapter 10, this has been our kind of our core verse. It's verses 4 through 5. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, which, how many thoughts? Every thought. Do we have that scripture? If we can get that up, that'd be awesome. Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so this has been kind of our, our verse of this entire series is going, we're not waging war the way the world does. We are waging a spiritual war. And so God has given us tools through his word, through prayer, through people around us, through his church to go, man, I don't have to do this on my own. I can conquer whatever this thing is. Some of you today within this room right now are dealing with some of these strongholds. Some of you right now are dealing with sexual strongholds. Some of you last week are still dealing with financial strongholds and, and, Here's what I don't want. I don't want to share today or last week in this to be in vain. I want you to take this and ask God to transform your heart. Some of you are going, I'm good. I'm good. Well, here's my concern for you that are saying, I'm good. Because there are people around you that are not so good. And they need your help. And guess what? You got issues too. And you've heard me say it before. If you don't got any issues, that's your issue. Okay? We all got issues. We got all, all got issues. We all have something that we can be more free from to experience Christ in a revelatory way, okay? There are, are so many things that every single one of us have struggled with. Why did I pick the two this week? And here's why. I'm going to be very real with you today. Because these two things that I'm sharing on today and last week are things that have been personal to me, okay? These are things I have struggled with and I have dealt with and overcome, all right? And we'll share more about that today. A stronghold. Here's what a stronghold is. It's putting our own selves in prison or a jail because of a lie that we've chosen to believe. It's time we broke out of that. Anybody want to break out of the lies that you've believed? I do. I do. Could be alcoholism. Could be sexual. Could be financial. It could be a way that you've read the Bible. It could be you feel like you've got to perform. It could be the fact that you feel guilt and shame for stuff you shouldn't feel guilt or shame for. It, sh- it could be the fact that you feel like you have to take care of things and own things that aren't yours to own. It could be insecurity. All of these things that we hold on to that the Word of God completely and utterly clearly says, let it go. Let it go. That's my wife's favorite worship song, by the way, out of Frozen. Let it go. It's one of the greatest worship songs ever created. You want the best worship? That's it, Okay. Movie drives me nuts, but that is the, and that song drives me nuts. But listen to the lyrics. You want great lyrics about what it means to let it go? That's it. That's it. There's a gentleman. His name is Brian. And I know some of you here are named Brian. This is not about you. This is Brian Hester. Brian Hester did something really nice, just like all of you should do sometime. He invited his mom over for dinner. Invites his mom over to dinner. And during the course of the meal, Brian's mother couldn't help but noticing that Brian's roommate, Stephanie, was a hottie. It's okay to laugh, okay? We're, we're in this together. Making some of you so uncomfortable, and I'm loving every minute of it. Well, she had been long suspicious of a relationship between the two of them. And this only made her more curious, seeing how attractive she was. And so reading his mom's thoughts, Brian volunteered. I know what you must be thinking, but I assure you, Stephanie and I were just roommates. That's all it is. About a week later, Stephanie came to Brian saying, ever since 
Your mother came to dinner. I've been unable to find the beautiful silver gravy ladle. You're not supposed she took it and stole it, do you? Brian said, well, I doubt it, but I'll send her an email just to be sure. So he sat down and he wrote this to his mom. Dear mom, I'm not saying that you did take the gravy ladle from the house. I'm not saying that you did not take the gravy ladle, but the fact remains that one has been missing ever since you were here for dinner. Love, Brian. Several days later, Brian receives a letter from his mother that, don't get ahead of me, some of you are ahead of me. Dear son, I'm not saying that you do sleep with Stephanie, and I'm not saying that you do not sleep with Stephanie, but the fact remains that if she was sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the gravy ladle by now. Love, mom. As I warned, today is going to be PG-13. I'm just warming you up a little. We're going to talk about breaking the bond of sexual strongholds. Now, we could have a whole conference on this, and so I have just really gone through and prayed, what are the things that I really want to share? What are the things that, that I have seen in my life when I believe I've had victory over this from the age 21 on, okay? Um, as a kid, I was, I was showing pornography at a very early age. There was many things that I wish I could go back and undo. But the age of 21, I decided to follow Christ as Lord of my life, and it's been since 21 that you've looked at pornography or had anything like that. And so I believe through Christ, and I'm not perfect by any shape, of the matter, but I've had victory in that. And so let me just talk to you guys and gals. Okay. 75% of all guys deal with pornography. 50% of all women deal with pornography. If you're going, man, that's something I'm dealing with. Don't feel like I can't bring it up in church. I can't talk about, it. I'm going to get guilt or shamed. If you feel like you're going to be guilt and shame for that stuff that you're dealing with in this church, then I'm not leading the church I want to lead because we want this to be a place you experience freedom where you can say, and you can bring your stuff to the altar and you can say, Pastor, I've been struggling with this. How have you had victory? And I can point you in the right direction, okay? If you don't share it with us, there's nothing I can do to help you. So you got to own your junk, all right? Own your junk. Everybody say amen. Own your junk. The unfortunate part about today's message is that Christians and churches remain silent about this, okay? They don't talk about it. Just, Just out of curiosity, just put your hand up here. If you grew up in the church and your church refused to talk about sex, Look at that. About half of us. About half of us. I think we're shaming the wrong people. Shame on the church. Because this is where it needs to come from. Because I guarantee you, you know, when my boys come home and they say, Dad, what does this mean? And they're in kindergarten. I'm going, I didn't even learn that until I was in fifth grade. You know? We had, we had a, you, you would have loved it. You, you would have judged me so bad. We were at the state fair here about two years ago. And one of my kids comes up to me, and I'm going to censor this. And he comes up to me and he says, dad, I was on the bus today. And I said, I know I'm your dad. And he said, here's what happened. These people were sharing these new words that I've never heard before. And I'm like, what? Tell me one of them. And I'll just give you a clue. One of them rhymes with duck. And I'm like, um, you know, and he's like, dad, what is this? duck word mean? And, and he's like out loud and my older kids are just kind of, you know, looking away. We're walking at the state fair. And so I just decided to have a swear word lesson day. And so I just said, well, let's start with that one. And I just, boom, here it is. And all my kids are like, really dad? And I said, this is what it means. And you know, the one that rhymes with spit, I said, let's, let's talk about that one. And, uh, we, and we just went through it all because you know why? Who better to learn it from than their dad who they trust than on the bus? And they're going, what, what is, you know, how many different things or connotations does that have? And so just be relational. Be open. I don't know why we get so blah about this stuff. This is biblical. And so learn from the word of God today. Here's the deal. Can I just say that out of the things we talk about freedom, sexual freedom is probably the most prevalent of one of them all. We all have stuff. 
But within our culture, within our community, I want to show you this, and and this is going to scare you a little. And I don't want to scare you, but I just want you to realize how prevalent this is, okay? From from adulterous relationships to pornography and all of that, we're going to kind of talk about what we do with all of this, okay? Pornographic sites, you ready for this? Receive more traffic, more, you know, more surfing on the web than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Okay, 35% of all internet downloads are pornographic related. 34% of all internet users have been exposed to unwanted pop-up ads that are pornographic. At least 30% of every single piece of data transferred on the net is pornographic related. The fastest growing industry in all the world today is child pornography. Okay, so I'm not trying to scare you. I just want you to know, well, why would Pastor Chris take a day to talk about this? Because it's real, and I'm going to show you how much more real it is in just a second. Okay, Porno- pornography is a $97 billion industry. It's one of the highest. Okay, now, that's pornography. Now, there's other things that happen, and there's, there's relational things. And, and what happens is when we create, you know, we've created social media in our culture, and, and I use it, okay? I use social media. But there are times, and this is why it's become number one of the reason for divorce is adultery is because of sites like Facebook. Because what happens is you end up with an old fling and you're going through a marital issue and what happens and all of a sudden you're, you're having a relationship with somebody that you shouldn't be having a relationship with and you connect and things happen, you know? And, and so that has become the number one reason. But here's the thing that just, some of you know this, and this is a stat from a couple of years ago until the site was really brought to the light. There was a site called ashleymadison.com. If you've never heard of it, great, okay? Ashley Madison is a site where you could go if you wanted a fling that no one could hear about, okay? It was this fling where you could go and you could hook up and no one would ever know. And uh, what happened here a couple years ago, if you remember Target, uh, Target Corporation had a breach in their security and their database. How many remember that when that, that took place? Well, they said there were other organizations during this time where other things were breached. One of them was the Ashley Madison site, and they found every single person that had set up an account on this ridiculously graphic site to have a fling with somebody. Nearly 90% of all the accounts were men's accounts on this site. But here's what's really interesting. And so they did a study on the state of Minnesota. Um, And here, here are the top five cities in Minnesota. Okay, the top fifth, Moorhead, 5.5% 5.5% of the entire population of more coming in at number five was Moorhead at 5.5%. So 5.5 out of every 100 people there had an account in this site. Then the next three were tied, Virginia, Mankato, and St. Cloud at 6%. Okay, so 6%, that's, that's, that's the highest until the number one city in all the state of Minnesota was St. Francis, Minnesota at 15%. This is real. Guys, this is not like some fake thing or this this is real. Okay? And so what I want to say is this. I'm not here to let's say we're one of those sites or somebody here is. I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I want you to know there's freedom. There is freedom. Okay? Cuz I I guarantee that you are guilted and you're ashamed and God's going there's a better way than this. A way better way. And so that's what I want to talk about today. How, how do we do this? How do we Define what sexual sin is. And before you turn me out, let me say this. If you're going, you know what? I don't deal with sexual sin. 
then chances are someone around you is, and you need to be able to be the voice of freedom to them. You need to be able to put your arm around them and say, I'm going to walk through, through this with you, okay? If you agree with me, say, yeah. Anything outside of God's will or God's ways, sex outside of marriage, pornography, lust, any of that, God says is adulterous. You know, Jesus took it a step further. and He said, not only were you supposed to stone the adulterer, we're supposed to stone the one that even looks at a woman in the wrong way. Oh my gosh. You know, are you kidding me? You know, you go to Lake George in the summer, you know what? I have tunnel vision. I'm like, okay, you got to go here, go there. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay, just making sure. We're doing this together, all right? You see, when we give in to sexual sins, it does three different things. First of all, it does this. They start to master you, okay? They start controlling you. In other words, the sexual sin, it keeps you longer than you want to stay. It costs you more than you want to pay. And it takes you further away from a God that you want to go to. It keeps you from that. It's the devil's schemes. And so it controls you. It masters you. The second thing it does is it marks you. You're going, man, and that's God has a better way. He's going, I don't want you to have the guilt, and I don't want you to have the shame. But it marks you. Even the, we talked to a couple weeks ago about David and Bathsheba. David had a false relationship with Bathsheba. He slept with her, thought she was attractive, and they got together, and they, they had a fling, and God took one of his sons because of it. Now, we have the cross of Christ there, but can I just say this, that there are repercussions to our sin. There are consequences. Yes, we get the forgiveness of God, but he's a perfect father. He's loving, and he's just. And praise God that I don't have to be the God of all gods, the king of all kings. It's just Jesus Christ. That's it. Can we hear a good amen? Come on, somebody. All right, so here's the deal. I have a friend of mine. He's the first person I ever married, and, and I got a chance to marry him and his wife. And, and uh, I told them during our premarital counseling, I said, here's the deal. I'll marry you. But from this point out, I knew they were having fun. You know what? I, if anybody doesn't know what I mean, raise your hand. They were having sex. And, and so I said to them, you, from this day forward, you need to stop, and I'll still marry you. But that's your commitment. Otherwise, I won't. And he said, Okay. And his wife said, okay. And they made that commitment. From that day forward, they stopped. A week later, he came to me and said, I got to tell you something. We, we did stop, but we're pregnant. And the guilt and shame they received from one side of the family was, it, it could have been tough. But they walked through this freedom. And God still loved them through this. And their kids are awesome. I just got to tell you that. And they're loving Jesus with all their heart today. It's incredible. Psalm 51, 2, it says, for I know my sins and my sin is ever before me. David wrote this after he slept with Bathsheba. It marked him. He didn't feel like he was marked with the identity of Christ any longer. His sin started marking him, and he wanted this freedom from it. He wanted freedom. Okay? That was David. Third, they make a mess of you. Because here's the deal. In our society today, we are so individualistic. Social media, to me, is more anti-social media, you know? Okay? We're so individual. It's, it's about us, and, and salvation is even individualistic. If you go to an eastern country, you know, across the globe, they look at salvation as a whole. They look at it more holistically. In other words, your salvation impacts the person on your right and left this morning. It impacts those around you. Okay? And so it makes a mess because what happens is you are the body of Christ. And so God wants to see a pure and spotless bride. Now, let me just say this. I don't want you to feel shame or, or guilt this morning. That's not my desire. And if you are, you're not hearing my heart. So hear my heart. 
But what happens is our sin that we look at rather than Christ on its own, it brings shame, it brings disorder, it brings chaos, it brings confusion, and it brings pain. And we don't want that. We want the freedom that Christ brings. We want you to walk through those doors over there and experience the freedom that Christ has. We want you to find freedom. We want the chains to fall off when you walk through this place. So what's God's plan? He wants you to confront it. Okay? He wants you to get anti-Minnesota nice about it. Okay? Anti-Minnesota nice, passive-aggressive. That's how we, you know, that's our thing. Minnesotans, we hate confrontation, don't we? We hate it. You got to confront it head on. You've got to confront it. Okay? This is between you and God. He wants you to have freedom from the guilt, from the shame, from the the pain, freedom from the pornography, freedom from the past relationships that you're still holding on to that he wants you to let go because those things are holding you back to have a free relationship with Jesus. That's why we're calling it break free. He wants you to break free from that. So here's some, some lies that go with these sexual strongholds, okay? Here's one of them. That's a real big one, real big one. What we do makes us who we are. That's a lie from the pits of hell, okay? It's not what you do that makes you who you are. It's whose you are that makes you who you are, okay? It is Jesus Christ alone in you that makes you who you are. When, when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus when we've accepted him. And he goes, wow, they're righteous. They're clean. That's awesome. It has nothing to do with what you did. You might say, man, I'm, I can't get through this. I'm still trying to figure that out. But God doesn't see you when you say, Jesus, I'm trying desperately to live for you. Second is that guilt and shame are natural. We think guilt and shame are natural in our day and age. If we don't perform well at our job, what happens? We don't get that promotion. If we don't do well enough, we, we get that. You know, if we don't do good enough in church, the pastor might talk to me. And we have this performance mindset. And God's saying, no, because that brings about shame and guilt. And he doesn't want you to have shame and guilt. He wants you to have freedom. But guilt and shame are a consequence to a sin that we have done that we were never meant to have. It's not from God. God sent his son for us to be completely free. The third lie is this, that you're isolated and alone. I've never seen a sin like sexual sins where people feel so isolated and ashamed and afraid to talk to somebody because they're afraid that they're going to get judged. Can I just, let me just pause for a second because to be extremely real with you, my prayer is after today that my phone lights up, that this phone and I get messages, Lord, people are texting me, emailing me, say, Pastor, I need help because I don't know what to do because I hope this builds a bridge between me and you going, I can find freedom in this. And I used to think this was just a guy issue. I used to be like, well, it's all about, it's all about the men. They, they're dealing with the porn and ladies, they got to figure it out. And I actually talked to a, a, you know, a church I used to be at, not here. And I, I was sharing this and I said, I just want freedom for these guys because some of these youth were sharing with me, you know, that, that they, were, they were struggling with sexual freedom and pornography. And I shared with one of my female youth leaders thinking it was a safe place. And she just said, yeah, you can pray for me too on that. of all women deal with pornography. 75% of all guys do. And so I'm going, this needs to break. This is something that is not meant to be on us. You're not isolated and alone, okay? The, The lie is that no one understands what you're going through, and the truth is that most people have probably been there, and they want you to experience the freedom that is there and available. So let me give you the truth, okay? Let me give you the truth about sex. Here's here's the truth, okay? 
First of all, first truth, there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Okay? Come on, you awake this morning? There's no. Romans 8, Paul talked about it. And remember, Paul, man, he was killing Christians. We don't know Paul's family status. We have no idea if he was divorced. We have no idea if he was married. I mean, he talks about being single. And, and I was single and now I'm married. And I don't know why he mentioned it, but he was probably married at one point in time. We don't, we don't know that for sure. But he talks about dying to the flesh. He talks about this and he says right here in Romans 8, 1, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? Are you in Christ Jesus? That's the only way you'll ever have freedom. There is no other way. You can keep trying. Man, I, I'm going to catch the bigger bass. That'll, that'll give me freedom. I'm going to do the, the better thing. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to get this all figured out. Man, I got financial stuff I got to deal with and sexual stuff. I gotta, and once I get that done, man, then there's no condemnation. Now I'm free. No, no, no. It's not in you. It's through Christ. You can't do it because you can't boast about it. It ain't about you, bro. It ain't about you, sis. Okay? It's only about him. That's it. There is no other way. If you think I'm passionate about it, it's because I am. Second truth. Sex is awesome! One guy out there has kids. <laughs> sex is awesome. Okay? It, 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 man, sex is great. It is so good. Here's what I love. I want to give you something. This is biblical. Okay? You might, Pastor Chris is crazy. You might think, well, we know Pastor Chris likes sex because he's got five kids. No, 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 no. Okay, it's not that I love kids so much that I have five kids. It's because I love that woman right there. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. In Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight, it says, "Be fruitful and multiply." Okay, be fruitful. It's a com- it's a command that God gives us. Now we have no idea. Catch this, all right? For those of you that want something deep this morning, here it is. All right, we have no idea how long Adam and Eve were in the garden with God. Could have been a billion years, could have been a million years, could have been a few minutes. Could have, I mean, we have no idea. But we have no record that they ever, 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 ever once had kids before the fall. You know why? Because if they had kids, they would have fallen right away. Okay, so some of you got that. But this is before the fall of man. God says to be fruitful and multiply before the fall of man. Well, we know they were being fruitful. They were practicing a whole lot, Okay. They were practicing, but they weren't, you know, seeing the fruit of their practicing yet. Okay? Before the fall, man, God says this to them. Be fruitful and multiply. Sex is awesome. It's a good thing. And for whatever reason, because of all the junk in our life and the Ashley Madison son, the Pranat, we think it's like disgusting. We shouldn't talk. <gasps> my pastor said sex today. Oh. It should be like, thank God my pastor has enough guts to get up in front and talk about sex. Okay? Because here's the deal. It's a good thing. If there was not sex, ain't none of us would be here. You want, you thank your mama and your daddy. I'm, you know, otherwise you, that's, for those of you that are going, well, how did it work? It's a really fancy hug, okay? They didn't just wash their laundry together and they had fun creating you. One of my kids who have had the sex talk already said, wasn't it just a really long kiss? We'll go with that for now. Here's what happened though fall of man happened and all hell literally broke loose on the planet and acceptance from jesus was replaced by rejection that's what happens when sexual sin enters so we have this need to belong 
We do, and that's only through his son. Second, our innocence was replaced by guilt and shame. You and I get to stand innocent before God the Father because of his son, Jesus Christ. So we have this need for self-worth to be restored. It can only be restored through Christ's worth. Third, our authority that was given to each and every one of us as God's children was replaced by weakness and helplessness. Therefore, we have this need for strength and self-control that only a loving God can give. You see, pleasure is not wrong within the whole package that God has given us. Okay, pleasure outside the package that God has given us is wrong. And so we have to keep the packaging the way that he wants it, okay? If you're going, well, what does that look like? I'm not going to get into that this morning. But if you read 1 Corinthians 7, it's a great verse about what that looks like. And one of the greatest books I can recommend to you, if you're going, man, I just, I just need to figure this out. I'm not ready to share with anybody. But go ahead and order this on like Amazon Prime. It's called Victory Over the Darkness, okay? It's, it's an incredible book, uh, Victory Over the Darkness, and the name of Neil Anderson is the author. Phenomenal book about having freedom, not only from sexual freedom, but anything that is holding you in bondage in life right now. Whether you're dealing with a sexual stronghold, we're all dealing with something in one way, shape, or form. doesn't matter, by the way, if you grew up in church or not, okay? I, I talk to a lot of people who are naive about what's happening, but every single one of us has been lost in a way And what we need to do is we need to go, man, to be found, it's got to point to the salvation of Jesus. What do I mean by lost? We hear that in the church. Well, we're we're about lost people. We were all lost. Some of us still are, and we're trying to figure that out. And this is a safe place to do that. It means you're directionless. Right now, you're lacking purpose. You feel like life is meaningless. You're going, I feel stuck. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why God's doing what he's doing right now. That means you're lost. Or you're going, I'm, I'm defenseless, feel vulnerable, I feel hopeless right now when God's saying, I've got the hope that you need right now to hold on. Or you're discouraged, you're lifeless, you're, you're, you're lacking the joy. Christ, we should be the happiest people in the world. Does anyone disagree with me? I mean, we should. We should be the happiest people. If you're lost, you mean you're disconnected, okay? You're lonely, you're tired, and I meet a lot of people that I see leadership and I see potential in that, that they don't see and it breaks my heart because I don't know what it is that's holding you back. I believe it's a stronghold somehow, but I want you to see that God has something for you. He has bigger things than you think. You're depressed. If you're lost, you're sunken or sad or hopeless, you know, or devastated, completely devastated, overwhelmed, feeling desolate. Things have just blown out of control and you're going, God, I, I need you right now. That can be a part. Let me just share a couple of things here, and we're going to close in just, just a minute. Mark, if you would come on up, that would be great. Here's the deal. I believe firmly that God wants to take you from where you are right now in your journey and bring wholeness. Whether that's sexual freedom that you need, whether it's financial freedom that you need, whether it's something else, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can be free today. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. Before you leave out these doors today, in just a few minutes, I'm going to dismiss. You have the opportunity to experience the freedom that you can only have through Christ. Okay? I remember I was in fifth grade, and I stumbled upon things in my house that shouldn't have been there. And, uh, you know, before the Internet, things came packaged a little differently when it came to pornography. It was fifth grade. Fifth grade. 
And I remember looking at it and being like, whoa, what is that? And I remember looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. And I thought it was just natural. And I even went to my buddies and I showed them what I was looking at. And they're like, it's, it's just natural. It's not natural. It's sin. And so I went to my dad and I went to my mom at that time. And my mom passed away last year. And I remember going to both of them when I was in fifth grade. And I went up to her. I said, Dad, Mom, I said, I feel bad. Now, I didn't grow up churched, okay? But it's something. And I believe the Holy Spirit, he really doesn't care if you're a Christian or not. He'll convict. Amen. Here I am as fifth grader. And I feel this guilt and this shame, like just blah. And so I go to my dad. And I said, Dad, Mom, I got to talk to you. We're at some family reunion thing. And it just, it just ate at me. And I said, I just want to say I'm sorry because I found stuff that I was looking at that I shouldn't have been looking at. And the message I received that day confused me because what I was told was, oh, honey, you're a teenager. That's so cute. So until age of 21, that was something I dealt with every single day. Age 21, God radically changed me. I knew him as Savior, but I didn't know what it meant to follow him as Lord. Let me give you just a few things here, and then I'm going to pray for you. You see, God takes people who are not close to him, and he chooses them. Not those that are perfect, those that are far. Read the Bible. Look at the characters in the Bible. You think you don't measure up? None of them did either. God walks with you even when you don't walk with him. If you go out of here and you continue to have troubles in these things, God doesn't run and and he doesn't, you know, go, oh, I'm going to run away. He runs after you actually even faster. God gives favor without merit. You don't have to earn it. He's looking for you. God looks for us when we're not looking for him. And God has, I believe, a possible plan even when you look at your plans right now and they seem impossible because he has freedom for you. When you're looking at these things, it can seem like this will never happen. I'll never have freedom from this because I've been dealing with this, you might say, for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. Why not let today be your day? Well, I've tried and I've failed. Well, that's because you were trying, not letting God do it in and through you. It will change. I tried everything back then. I tried burning stuff. I tried getting it right on my own. I tried praying, all, all of that. And until I surrendered to Christ and I said, it's your way, not mine anymore. That was the only time it ever worked. I had to lay it down. See, if you want to break free, you need to know who you are in Christ. Nothing else works. I stand here as a testimony of that. This is not something I'm trying to sell you. This is something I believe in and have lived. The only identity equation, and this is if anything else, just right now, tune in to me. Okay, the only identity equation that works in God's kingdom, this is it, is you plus Christ equals wholeness and meaning. Let's say it one more time. I want you to get this. The only equation that works in God's kingdom is you plus Christ equals wholeness and meaning. There's no other way. Okay? Now let me say one more thing. I'm going to pray for you. This is both a, a men deal and a women's deal today. However, I want every man to look up at me right now. I'll pick on you for just a moment. I'll pick on you guys. Okay, we're men. Here we go. You're a guy. You have been called by God to be the head of your house, 
to be the man that your wife and your kids deserve. You are called to be who Christ has created you to be. You are called to be what Jesus says, in love with your wife as much as Jesus is in love with us. That is huge. And so men, it is time to step it up. It is time to step it up. I don't want to be a church that says, well, man, the ladies, their faith is strong, but what about these? No, no, guys, we have no excuse other than to experience the freedom that Christ has for us so that we can be the men that God has created us to be for our families. If you agree with me, would you just say amen this morning? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.